Well, we've all heard about new potatoes, but what's new in growing potatoes? Today's guest, Doug Hall, senior editor of Organic Gardening Magazine, is going to tell us about experimenting with seven new ways to grow potatoes. Hello again and welcome. It's Ken Drews, and you're listening to Ken Drews Real Dirt, The Garden Show. I'm here every week, usually with a guest. Today we have a guest again, Doug Hall, senior editor of Organic Gardening Magazine. The April-May issue of the magazine has an article by Doug on growing potatoes, and he tried seven different ways to grow potatoes to try and discover what might be the easiest way, the best way, the, uh, well, in in one case, not such a good way to grow potatoes. And potatoes are really incredibly easy to grow as long as you have friable, open, loose soil, and that may mean using a raised bed and bringing in some soil. And if the soil is slightly acidic around the acid side, uh, then you can avoid some of the problems that do attack potatoes, uh, some of those those uh, scarring blights that damage your potatoes. And starting with seed potatoes, the things you grow potatoes from, that are disease-free is really important. Potatoes are probably the most sprayed of all the different vegetables that we can buy. They're sprayed with fungicides especially because the same type of potato is grown year after year, and that's because McDonald's wants those Burbank russets. And we all know the problems of growing the same crop in the same place year after year. But if you'd like to avoid those problems and grow organic potatoes that haven't been sprayed, grow your own. And our guest today is going to tell us the best way that Organic Gardening Magazine found to grow potatoes at home. I'm speaking with Doug Hall, senior editor of Organic Gardening Magazine. Doug, several years ago, you wanted to find out a little bit more about how potatoes are grown by the people who first grew them in Ecuador. How did that come about? I was a Peace Corps volunteer in in the 1980s, and uh, I actually worked in two countries, two Latin American countries, doing agricultural extension projects. Uh, One was Guatemala and one was Ecuador, and uh, potatoes are a cash crop in the mountainous areas of both of those countries. Uh, They they do well in the uh, fertile mountain loamy soils that are enriched by volcanoes uh, in those countries. Uh, and also they like the cooler climate of the, that you get in the higher altitudes. Uh, so I, I, learned, uh, I learned how to grow potatoes from uh, people who had been growing them for generations and generations. How do they grow them? <laughs> when you say you learned about growing them, just you observed it, or did they have any special techniques? The, the most common growing technique uh, that I observed in Latin America is quite similar to the way many uh, uh, gardeners here in the United States grow their uh, potatoes, and that is a technique that's referred to as the hilled row. It just means that you plant potatoes in a long straight row, and then as the potatoes are growing, uh, you use a hoe or a shovel or, or some other implement to mound soil up around the stems of the potato. Uh, you do the, the hilling uh, helps the uh, potatoes, the potato crop as the potatoes are forming underground. It helps to protect them from sunlight and, uh, and from the elements. 
it, if potatoes are exposed on the surface of the ground, uh, they'll turn green and there's a, a toxic chemical uh, solanine that is formed and you want to avoid that. Uh, you really want to either cover the growing potato plants or, or the, the, the lower portion of the potato plants with soil or with mulch. Well, and we've all seen that when we're storing potatoes, I'm sure if we're not storing them perfectly or in a, in the right dark place, and so few people have root cellars these days, it's it's often that, you know, you buy potatoes and then you take them out and they're green. Is That's it, right. Is that kind of, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say you don't want to eat any of the, of that green portion because uh, the chlorophyll isn't going to hurt you. The green is really chlorophyll, but the chlorophyll is an indicator that the solanine has also been produced by the potato, and it's an alkaloid that you really don't want to eat. We're often told that potatoes are just white starch, you know, kind of filler and not really nutritious, but some of these people and people around the world have survived on diets that are nearly exclusive potatoes. Are potatoes nutritionally bankrupt? I wouldn't say that. Of, of course, uh, you don't want to make it the principal part of your diet. Uh, in Latin America, often uh, subsistence farmers do eat a lot of whatever it is that they grow, uh, often to the exclusion of, of other more nutritious vegetables or other foods. And one of the projects I was working on in uh, Latin America was to uh, expand the diversity of the diets of, of these uh, farmers in poor rural areas. So I wouldn't say, no, don't, ba don't base your diet on, on <laughs> potatoes, but it certainly, uh, potatoes do have fiber. In addition to the carbohydrate, they have fiber and they have other vitamins and minerals in small amounts. Uh, and so uh, they, they certainly can be a valuable uh, addition to, uh, to a balanced diet. If you went to an Andean open-air market, what, what would you see? What's it like? Uh, well, for one thing, all of the produce is spread on the ground, usually on very colorful blankets, and uh, uh, farmers uh, tend to uh, congregate on certain days of the week in these market towns to sell whatever they have produced. And the something about the Andes must have... have uh, encouraged the evolution of starchy tubers because in addition to potatoes there are a number of other uh, uh, tubers or uh, roots that are basically a, a starchy uh, storage mechanism for the plant. Uh, there's a, a one called oka oka and then uh, one called mayoko and potatoes in in a great diversity and abundance, uh, including some things that you would look at and not even realize at first glance that they were a potato, uh, quite knobby, the sort of shape that you would never want to have to peel, <laughs> uh, and all different colors too, uh, blue ones and red ones, and uh, uh, in addition to the brown, brown and uh, uh, other colors that we're familiar with. They sound like sunchokes, like uh, sunflower. What are those things called? The, you know the Jerusalem artichoke. Right, yeah, right, right, the right. sunchoke. Yeah, D different uh, different plant family entirely. But right. yeah, yeah. Um, but it's funny that uh, I think it's amazing that some some vegetables and fruits like tomatoes we associate with Italy and squash we associate with different places and potatoes of course we think of Ireland but these plants and the sunflowers too came from I guess Central America and South America. 
originally. So the the Definitely. Andean potatoes they're there because they I they probably have selected ones, you know, through the years even though these people we think of as being primitive, they've, you know, when they had a, a potato plant that did really well, they probably planted the tubers from that plant. Well, yes, uh, that is uh, how you perpetuate uh, a potato crop uh, is by saving the tubers from year to year. It's not uh, the seeds that are produced by the flowers that we plant in order to grow potatoes, but uh, small sections of, of the potato tuber itself. Uh, the eyes that you see on the outside of a potato uh, after, after that potato has been planted will sprout, turn into a mature potato plant, and uh, uh, another harvest or another crop of potatoes will, will result from that. So yes, by, uh, by selecting the finest tubers from any harvest as the ones that will be saved for next year's seed potatoes, you're, you're a geneticist. It, it's a type of uh, a plant improvement that's been done by gardeners and farmers for, uh, for centuries. Well, you said seed potatoes, and that's what we call those things that we plant. I mean, they're, you know, obviously not seeds, but uh, you have a section of a potato, or maybe you have a, a tiny potato. As long as it has a couple of eyes, that's what you use to grow the next year's crop. Right. Yes. Well, in the April-May issue of Organic Gardening Magazine, you have a wonderful article about potatoes, but it's mostly about growing potatoes, and you tried seven different methods, I believe, to see which would work best for you. And I guess when we say best, we mean the highest yield, and maybe even avoiding disease, because uh, potatoes are prone to insects and prone to diseases. We've heard about that, certainly, the the Irish famine caused by growing one type of potato, which, which was infected. and. That's another story, but there's also the potato beetles and, and things like that. So uh, it, I imagine you had a kind of exciting experience growing these potatoes. But, well, first of all, when do you plant potatoes? Uh, it, of course, it, as with all gardening, it depends on where you live. A, a good rule of thumb is just to count back from your frost-free date or the last frost date in your region uh, four weeks and plant them then. Uh, some people like to plant earlier than that. Uh, there's a tradition of planting on uh, St. Patrick's Day, but uh, in a lot of places that's just too early. Uh, if you have a soil thermometer, uh, uh, wait until the soil measures 50 degrees at about four inches of depth. Uh, that way the soil will be warm enough that the, t the potato seed will sprout and grow rather than just sitting in that cold, wet soil and, and starting to rot. Well, about how uh, how much of a yield would you get from that seed potato or that tiny potato that you plant? Well, there are lots of variables involved, and in the seven techniques that we tried last year at the Organic Gardening Test Garden, I realized that uh, a lot of uh, a lot of that depends on what technique is used to uh, to grow uh, the crop. But a general rule of thumb is ten to one for every pound of of uh, seed potato, you can expect at least 10 pounds of harvest, and, and often quite a bit more. If you're, if you're using well-amended soil or a raised bed that's really enriched with compost, 20 pounds is not unusual. And, and you were able to, to get that? <laughs> Did you actually get up to 20 pounds from one of your methods? 
Yes, yes. In fact, the raised bed was one of the seven tex techniques we tried, and it was the most productive of, of all seven. Now, there were also, there was one technique that we used, and it was the uh, growing potatoes in a wire cylinder, a cylinder that was fashioned from hardware cloth, uh, really a raised above ground technique for growing the potatoes. And I think probably because uh, we didn't have a particularly rainy summer, those cylinders uh, dried out quite quickly. And, and I think that, uh, more than anything else, depressed the yield in uh, that container. And uh, we perhaps harvested five pounds mm. uh, for every one pound that we had planted. So to me, that was the least satisfying of the seven techniques we tried. Well, I'm speaking with Doug Hall, Senior Editor of Organic Gardening Magazine. You're listening to Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. We'll be right back. Thank you for staying with us. I'm speaking with Doug Hall, Senior Editor of Organic Gardening Magazine. And Doug is about to reveal to us <laughs> the seven techniques tested. And I'm not going to say these are the seven best techniques. We're going to discover some of the better techniques, but seven different ways to grow potatoes. And some people may think, oh, I don't have any room for, for growing potatoes. I can't possibly do this. Why would I do this? But when you when you're telling us that it's you know, one pound of seed potatoes, which are little pieces of potatoes or small potatoes with at least two eyes, and the yield can be 10 to 20 pounds in some of the better methods, that's not so bad. And in some of the methods that you reveal in the magazine, they don't take up that much space either. So can you sort of tell us a little bit about the seven methods that you tried? The, for purposes of comparison, we used the standard planting technique, which is the hilled row. Uh, that that's the one the the method that most gardeners are familiar with. There's another technique that is often discussed in gardening books that uh, replaces. Uh, it, it's also planting in the ground in rows, but rather than mounding over the the plants as they grow with soil, you mound up with straw, just clean, uh, dry straw around the uh, base of the plants. And as the plants continue to grow, you continue to mound more straw until there's about a foot of straw surrounding the plants. Uh, and then the other techniques we tried were raised above ground sorts of, of growing techniques. Uh, potatoes, more than almost any other crop, are really dependent on a very loose and fertile soil because the potato tubers are, are being developed under the ground. Uh, a, a good crop or a good harvest uh, really requires fine soil. And so if you live in a region where uh, the soil is heavy clay or it's, it's uh, extremely uh, uh, sandy uh, or otherwise infertile, then probably one of the raised growing methods is going to be uh, uh, better for you. Um, one, of the, one of the ways we uh, grew the potatoes above ground was in a raised bed. Mm -hmm. We used uh, the commercial grow bags, which are showing up in a lot of garden product catalogs. They're basically a, a heavy felt-like bag. It's actually, they're actually made from uh, recycled plastic. It's a polypropylene uh, material, but it, it, uh, for all effects and purposes, it feels like a very heavy-duty uh, felt fabric. Um, the bag is about the size of a bushel basket, and you can plant three or four pieces of seed potato in those. 
um, it's a dark color, which uh, the bags seemed to absorb a little bit of solar energy early in the season, which really got the potatoes off to a fast start. Uh, I was very favorably surprised with the results that we got from the uh, from these commercial grow bags. Uh, and then we also uh, uh, used a garbage bag, which is <laughs> inexpensive way of creating a, an above-ground uh, growing space for potatoes. Uh, we used the wire cylinders that I uh, described before, which is basically just a, a cylinder fashioned out of hardware cloth. And then there was a, a technique that was uh, a box built of scrap wood, a box about, oh, it was about two feet by two feet. And the idea was that as the potatoes grew, more slats could be attached to the sides of this box and more soil added uh, as the potatoes grew until eventually uh, you reached a depth of a foot or more of soil around the around the growing potatoes. Well, you had problems with the wire basket, but it sounds like if, if somebody has sun but is in a climate where they get a lot of rain or it could be too moist, that that, that cylinder of wire might actually be good. That was my thought exactly. It didn't work for us, but uh, for anyone who's working in a climate or gardening in a climate where the rains are just incessant and they need to find a technique that provides them the best drainage possible, that would be, that would be the technique I would recommend for them. One thing I found through the course of the summer was uh, to prevent those, uh, the soil in those wire cylinders from drying out so fast, I ended up mounding a straw and mulch up on the exterior of, mm -hmm. of the cylinder just to give them a little bit uh, less exposure to drying out. Well, you're giving me lots of ideas. The The raised bed sounds great, but then you have to fill it with something. <laughs> you have to have that nice, loose, and rich soil to fill the raised bed with and, and also have it on, the, on hand to keep mounding it up. Uh, That's true. The yeah. cylinder... The grow bag, that, so it stands up by itself pretty much. It's, it's rigid enough. You have a cylinder of this felt-like material that's made out of recycled plastic, as you just Does it have a bottom as well, the bag? Yes, it, it does have a bottom, and it is, it's sturdy enough that it does stand on its own. And also the difference between uh, those commercial grow bags and the garbage bag, uh, another technique we tried was that the garbage bag just sort of flops around. It right. really is shapeless. And it, uh, I thought it was the least attractive method for uh, for the garden. Uh, not that aesthetics are are essential in a, a vegetable plot, but uh, the grow bags just had a much tidier look. They uh, they did not uh, shift or or change shape as they were filled with soil. They stood nice and upright. Well, what, why would you not use the grow bag? It sounds like just about the best method. The, I think the, the one factor that would weigh in the decision, the one negative factor, is the cost. Mm. Most of these techniques we used were basically uh, free. There were no inputs other than the soil or the mulch that we used. Uh, the grow bags, uh, it, that's a product that you actually have to buy, and they range in price from, oh, I would say 10 to maybe $15 each. Oh, so maybe uh, your number eighth try could be the wire mesh covered with the garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, well, uh, one thing I should say about those commercial grow bags that uh, 
after after growing potatoes in them for one growing season, I rinsed them off, and you could never tell they'd been used. So I suspect oh, really? they have a fairly long life. I bet you could get at least 10 seasons out of them. It's it's not the sort of thing that you use once and then discard. Well, th- that makes it sound a whole lot better. Uh, I, I think about growing potatoes just in containers, in any container I have, but uh, and I guess this is this is an issue with the grow bag too. Getting them out <laughs> uh, with a grow bag, did you just sort of like try to put it on its side to sort of spill out the contents? The grow bags were small enough that all I needed to do was tip it over on its side and uh, dump the contents out. Uh, that really was the the easiest uh, technique for harvest too, because uh, uh, the potatoes were right there. Uh, usually, uh, uh, harvesting potatoes means digging, and, and for me, that always means I skewer a few potatoes. Mm-hmm. I, um, technically, you should uh, start outside, the, uh, well away from the crown of the plant uh, when you dig to avoid uh, poking them with, with the shovel or, or the, uh, the fork. Uh, but somehow, they always, a few of them always get sliced. Well, and what variety of potato did you use for your tests? We used a variety called German Butterball, which is a good all-purpose yellow-fleshed potato. It has a good, uh, it's a good storing potato as, as well. Uh, it, uh, it, it was not especially early to mature, but uh, it, it was a later harvest, and I'm still, I am still eating potatoes from that <laughs> harvest. Uh, as I speak to you in late March, I still have uh, potatoes in my basement that were harvested last August. So uh, of all the different methods, which one had the highest yield from seed potato to weighing the the products of your experiments? For us, it was the raised bed. And we had used just a, a basic raised bed that was about six feet by three feet, um, not a huge raised bed. And, and I can't recall how many pieces of seed potato we put into it. Um, for harvesting that also, rather than digging into the bed, I just lifted the sides oh. and then sort of uh, dug in from the sides. Uh, I'd used, uh, to fill the raised containers and the raised beds, I had used a mixture that was very, uh, a very liberal amount of compost. As I recall, I think it was two parts compost to one part soil. So I was able to go in with my, basically just with my hands and uh, discover the potatoes that way. Um, but in that raised bed, once I started digging, it w- there were just potatoes everywhere. Oh. Well, you also mentioned in the article that the soil should be, or the soil mix should be pretty acidic. And that's one way to avoid a lot of, of the diseases with potatoes. And that's a important tip. And I can't believe that we are out of time. <laughs> I could oh. ask you so many more <laughs> questions about potatoes uh, and potato varieties. And I think if I was going to, if I was going to grow potatoes, which I will actually, I'm going to try growing potatoes, but I'm going to try growing some kind of funky, strange potato because I, I want to be sure to grow the potato I cannot get at the supermarket. Uh, although this, now you said it was uh, Yellow butterball, what, what did you call it? German butterball. German butterball. 
Well, the great thing about growing potatoes at home is you can you can plant a few hill, hills of many different varieties. I would suggest you try some fingerlings too because they are really wonderful at the new potato stage as, as well as at the full-grown stage, the mature stage. I'm going to do that. And Doug, thank you so much again for joining us. It's Doug Hall, Senior Editor of, or, of Organic Gardening Magazine and a cool writer. And this is, uh, I think it's the best article in the issue. And I'm, I'm going to keep it forever. So I hope that we speak again soon. Thank you, Ken. It's been a pleasure. Okay, thanks. Bye. As Doug was describing the ways of growing potatoes, I just, I could feel it. I could almost feel it, feel myself plunging my fingers into the loose, friable soil and compost mix and just feeling those potato tubers and, and pulling them out. And you can harvest them along the way from the outside, get new potatoes and leave the plants in the ground and then just come back uh, after the the tops have faded, after the green growth has pretty much died back, which happens around August. And you can leave the potatoes in the ground until about October, then dig them up and store them in a very cool cold, dark place. And as Doug described, he had potatoes. Well, he has them now. He has them in late March from the, the from last year's sowing of seed potatoes. Please join me next week for another edition of Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. I'll speak with you then. <laughs>